steal, and Puss with the chain. And St. John's takes down number three, Villanova. A signature win for Mike Anderson. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we come to you on this holiday weekend. Happy Easter, happy Passover to all of those who celebrate. Uh, I personally just got back from Good Friday Mass, and it was a pretty good Friday for St. John's. If you're a St. John's fan, if you're Mike Anderson, if you're a St. John's player, uh, you have to be feeling pretty good this Friday because after weeks of speculation, after weeks of rumors and fake reports and, and all that nonsense, finally we hear it from the man himself. We hear it from Andre Kerr. Bello on Friday afternoon. He is coming to St. John's, the former Illinois guard, the former what top 50 recruit in the class of 2020, the Big Ten freshman or Big Ten uh, six man of the year in 2021, uh, Big Ten all preseason uh, first team in 2021 as well. Andre Curbelo is coming to St. John's. He's coming back home, played his high school ball at Long Island Lutheran, uh, was high school teammates, I believe, with Rafael Pinzone and Drisa Traore. Uh, so very, very cool to see Andre Curbelo coming back home. You wish he would have stayed home to begin with, uh, but he comes home after two seasons at Illinois. Uh, season one, which was phenomenal for him, like I said, in which he was the Big Ten uh, six man of the year. Season two certainly took a little bit of a dip. Uh, he battled some injuries. He had some concussion issues, saw his minutes go down by a little bit as well. Uh, really went down in every statistical category. Struggled shooting the three-point ball, but uh, uh, overall, I, I am totally okay with this move. I've said it on this show a couple of times. You know, anytime that you can get a guy uh, with the potential of Andre Curbelo, with the playmaking ability of Andre Curbelo, you go out and do it. You know, St. John's is not, you want to say almost beggars can't be choosers, right? Like St. John's is not in a position where we can turn away high level talent that wants to come in. You know, we're not, we're not Villanova. We're not Duke. We're not North Carolina where we have our pick of these, you know, former top 50 recruits, four and five star recruits where we can say, nah, we don't want that one. We want this one. You know, we, we can't do that here because uh, we're St. John's. And like I said, when anytime that you can get a, a kid of that stature that wants to to come to your school, like I said, a kid of that potential and, and of that ability that you've seen on the court, uh, you take him. You know, Curbella uh, was being recruited by a bunch of Power 5 schools. Gonzaga was in the mix, Texas A&M, Georgia Tech, Clemson, a bunch of, you know, Power 5 high-level, you know, NCAA tournament schools and NCAA tournament regulars were after this kid. So, you know, he has shown that potential. Like I said, he was uh, certainly took a dip in, in, in year two compared to year one. How much of that do you attribute to injuries? We don't know. Uh, but uh, again, anytime you can get that potential anytime that you can get that playmaking ability of Andre Curbelo you go out and do it because you know like I said we're not a school that brings in a bunch of four and five star uh, recruits you know, and you look at the teams at the top half of the Big East, you know, Villanova, UConn, Creighton, these are teams that recruit so well, that have a bunch of four and five stars on their teams. If St. John's wants to get to that level, they got to start bringing in four and five star level talent. 
You know, and they lost a lot of talent this offseason. Corbello is obviously the first transfer that they bring in. They lost Julian Champagne. You know, they're, they're, they're Big East Player of the Year candidate. You know, he's gone now. You have to re- re- uh, replace that 20 points per game. Aaron Wheeler, who was kind of came out of nowhere, or somewhat came out of nowhere in Big East play at least to be your, you know, your number two. He's gone now. So you have to replace these talent, this talent. You have to replace their playmaking ability. And I think Corbello is a good start. Uh, where I would go in the future with the final two scholarships, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for a second. But anytime that you can get a guy with the ability of Andre Corbello, you go out and do it. You know, you worry about the fit in terms of how he fits in with the rest of your roster. You worry about that later. Bring in talent, bring in as much talent as you can, and then worry about fit later. Because let's be honest, that's what all of these, you know, high level schools are doing. That's what all of these, you know, top 25 schools are doing. They're bringing in as much talent as they can. And then they're worrying about how are they going to play together? How are we going to get them to play uh, together? Who works well together? They're worrying about that when they get on the actual court. But at St. John's, we need more talent, I think, (laughs) to be a top half of the Big East team, to be a type of team that we want. And I think Corbello is a great start. Uh, so, you know, why am I bringing up fit? Why am I bringing up all this? Because, you know, Corbello is a very similar player to Posh Alexander. You know, uh, Posh has been here for two years now. They're in the same recruiting class. If, if Posh was not injured, they probably would have been right around the same level of recruit, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, they're, they're very good defensive players. They're phenomenal passers. They're phenomenal with the ball in their hands. They can make things happen. Uh, they're solid on the defensive end. They're, you know, they, they both, obviously, Posh fits great. With Mike Anderson's 40 minutes of hell, and I think Corbello is going to fit great within that as well. Guys who can get up and down the court, high energy guys can make things happen. You know, you have now two players on your team like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how Corbello and Posh kind of fit in with each other uh, if they're on the court together. Now, obviously, one of them will be playing off the ball. Zach Braziller made the phenomenal point that, you know, Posh's best season of his two, or his better season, was his freshman season, I think, especially from shooting the three ball. You know, Posh was what a 29% free uh three-point shooter his freshman year that obviously dipped uh big time his sophomore year because he was playing with the ball in his hands and he was he was the primary ball handler for a majority of his sophomore season. Maybe now playing off the ball, having another guard like Corbello uh you know on this team, and you would hope that Pinzone kind of elevates as well into one of those roles. Maybe that, you know, gets Posh, you know, uh more you know, in, in terms of the freshman year posh that we saw in terms of hitting three pointers as the season went on. And maybe he's back to a 29 or higher percent, you know, low thirties percent three point shooter, you would hope. And maybe the same thing goes for Corbello as well. You know, I, I haven't seen in terms of how much he was, uh, you know, how many ball handling duties he was handling his freshman year. Uh, but you know, his, his three point percentage was never really good. You know, he was a 16% three point shooter his freshman year, uh, 17% three point shooter his sophomore year. So Corbello was never much of a, uh, three point shooter, but you would hope that his addition kind of helps Posh become, uh, that three point shooter that, that you wanted. Now, this backcourt is very, very crowded. Of course, they they have not lost anyone in the backcourt from last. Well, they lost Steph Smith. He was the only one from the backcourt last season that is gone. Corbello is now in. Posh is in. Montez Mathis, uh, Dylan Ade Wusu, and uh, and Rafael Pinzone are all in. You know, depending on uh, what you say, AJ Stores. I guess you can count him in the backcourt as well. So it's going to be a very, very crowded backcourt for St. John's. One thing that I do like is that you kind of have a, a, a variety of different skills sets in your backcourt. Now, you know, is this high, high level talent that we're talking about in, in the terms of, of Mathis and Wusu and uh, and Pinzone for now? No, but you have a lot of different skill sets that you can utilize. You know, Posh and Corbello, I just mentioned,
mentioned, they're very similar players. Uh, Montez Mathis is a very, very good defender. You know, maybe he isn't going to give you much on the offensive end, and you would hope that, you know, you don't rely on him much on the offensive end going into next season. Uh, but, you know, he's a stellar defender. Uh, Dylan Ade Wusu is that guard that can kind of bully you, you know, can kind of get to the basket. Again, maybe decision making isn't great for Wusu, uh, you know, but but he is kind of a, a versatile guard in that he can get, get his way to the basket, create his own shot when getting to the basket. You just wish he would have made more of those shots going to the basket. And then Pinzone, you know, kind of seems like a playmaker in his own right, you know, can pass the ball, seems like he's a phenomenal passer. So, you know, kind of is similar, I guess you would say, to Curbelo and Posh, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe less of a uh, up and down type player. But you have a lot of variety now in your backcourt. So that's kind of interesting to see. I would assume that Curbelo and Posh are, are, the, are both going to start uh, right now, you know, if I was if I was picking a starting lineup right now, at least I would probably say uh, Corbello, Posh, AJ Store, Soriano, and I, I I guess Omar Stanley maybe would start uh, for St. John's. But you know, you you have you're gonna have now what three top fifty kids uh, or three top hundred kids at least starting going into next season in Posh, Corbello, and uh, and AJ Store. I know Posh technically wasn't a top hundred kid, but you know we all know that he would have been had had he not uh, suffered that wrist injury. In, uh, in high school. So you're finally, you know, you're going to have some high level talent now. It's just a, a measure of how do they play together. But I do think that this could be a good thing for Posh. Uh, it seems like he was all on board with it. You know, Posh seems like he was totally okay with bringing in Corbello. So that's a good sign as well. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, you know, how Curbelo fits in, especially with Posh, like I said, because you do have a variety of different skill sets with your guards. Uh, the one that's going to be interesting to see how he plays with is Posh Alexander. But if St. John's is going to be successful next season, you know, it's a lot of that is going to hinge on if uh, if Posh and Curbelo can successfully play uh, with each other. But this is a good start for the transfer portal for, for Mike Anderson and for the staff. Now the question becomes, who are they involved with? You know, who else are they going to be involved with? Who are going to be the next two? They have three. Uh, Three or two scholarships remaining now. They had three going into the offseason. Um, Zach Braziller here in his article says that they want to add a shooter or two, preferably on the wing after losing Julian Champagne and Aaron Wheeler. You know, that's that's kind of the obvious thing here. You know, you want to have, you want to try to bring shooters in now because as of right now, you really do not have anyone on this roster who is a knockdown three point shooter who you feel confident in uh, to hit threes. You know, you really lost your two best three point shooters. And when you count Steph Smith and Tariq Coburn, you know, those are four guys who, you know, two of them in Champagne and Wheeler who actually did produce on the court. And then um, Steph Smith and, and Tariq Coburn, who, you know, you kind of thought were going to be those shooting presents, you lost a lot of shooting from last season so you need someone because right now you're going into next season and you know who's your best returning shooter I guess Dylan Adey Wusu or Rafael Pinzone maybe uh, maybe if you go by percentages it might even be Isaiah Nyway but you need some shooters you know and you need to replace uh, you know the wing positions which is what you lost you know with Julian Champagne and uh, you lost in Aaron Wheeler I think unless they land, you know, some home run kid in the portal, which I don't see happening, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of three guard lineups. I think you're going to basically start a three guard lineup, um, and I think that you're going to, you know, you're going to see a lot of, of focus on three guards, which again means that you're probably going to be undersized in a lot of games next season. Uh, you know, maybe they go after a big in the portal, but you know, if you, if you go after a big, you want him to have some sort of three point shooting ability because right now, you know, the way that this game is is, is played. 
you need three-point shooters. And and even last year, St. John still didn't have enough three-point shooters. Uh, they at least did not have enough reliable three-point shooters. You're bringing in Corbello. That's phenomenal, again, but that doesn't really address the need that you need shooters. You know, you need guys that can replace Champagny and Wheeler. You're not going to have a guy that comes in, uh, at least I wouldn't think at this point, uh, from the portal who's going to come in and, and replicate Champagny's 20 points per game or replicate, you know, Wheeler's 15 points per game in Big East play. You're probably not going to bring in someone of that caliber, but you need someone that fills their role in terms of being a reliable shooter. You know, and that's that's in my opinion what 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 you do. Um, I don't know who they're going after. Again, it doesn't seem like there's any leaks out there. Uh, it seems like the focus really was on bringing in Corbello. Now, it would have been a disaster if Andre Corbello did not come here because it did not seem like again we weren't. I know that this staff works quietly, but it did not seem like we were really hearing anything in regards to any other players, and we're still not really hearing anything in regards to any other players that St. John's is interested in uh, this offseason in the portal. So it's going to be very very interesting to see who those names are when they eventually come out hopefully soon uh, but you would hope that they weren't just putting all of their bags in, all of their eggs in the uh, in the Andre Corbello uh, basket a little Easter reference there for you on uh, Easter weekend you would hope that they weren't putting all of the eggs in the Andre Corbello basket and that they are doing their job and going out and you know putting out the flyers in terms of other uh, uh, players in the portal preferably again wings and bigs that can shoot the ball that's where I think you go uh, with these final scholarships. But hey, you know, right now the roster is still very, very incomplete. It's a weird roster right now. You know, like I said, it's very, very backcourt heavy. You know, you look at the front court right now and it's, you know, it's it's uh, uh, Nyway, Stanley, and uh, Soriano are what the three main guys are turning in the backcourt right now. It's really not a crowded back or front court, I should say. Sorry. It's really not a, a crowded front court right now. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see where they go. But I would assume that that's what they're targeting in the portal next is a couple of front court guys uh, who can hit three pointers. So it, it's a weird roster right now. It's probably going to be a kind of a weird roster going into the uh, into the season. But it, it'll be very very interesting to see how they fill out this roster for sure. Uh, Zach Braziller, when he came on this show two weeks ago, he said, you know, they need to hit some home runs in the transfer portal or else next season is going to be kind of ugly. And that was even before we knew that Aaron Wheeler was leaving. You know, we knew that Champagny was gone. After that, Wheeler left as well. You know, the emphasis needs to be on here, hitting some home runs. Uh, Again, I don't know. I I don't even know. I can't even give you a name on who to speculate because I don't know who they're going after because there's just been no rumors about anything, which maybe should be a little bit concerning, but I guess we'll see uh, when it turns out who who they actually get. But at the end of the day, uh, they need to hit some more home runs now. You know, this is a very, very good start. I'll give them credit. Uh, I, I've been fully on board the Curbelo train for, you know, a couple of weeks now. Ever since he really entered the portal, uh, I was totally on board with bringing him on, you know, for the reasons that I just laid out. But now they need to hit a couple of more home runs. You know, they can't be getting transfers from, you know, these, these low-level schools that they're hoping to elevate because... Anderson's track record with with bringing in those type of guys has not exactly been great. You know his track track record on on transfer uh, on the transfer portal has not really been great to begin with. So uh, you would hope that Corbello changes that. You would hope that you know Corbello kind of uh, unlocks some of that potential that we're seeing that we've uh, that we've seen or the flashes of potential that we've seen. And uh, you know you would hope that again they can hit some home runs here uh, with their final couple of uh, of of open scholarships. They have two left, like I said. So I would go uh, with wings and big 
leagues, you know, any combination of, of, of those two positions uh, with these last two scholarships uh, that can hit threes because you need some shooters right now to compete in this conference um, going into next season. But it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they fill out the roster going forward. Uh, I just wanted to give my, my brief thoughts. This is not going to be a long show or anything like that. I uh, just wanted to give my brief thoughts on the Corbello commitment to St. John's. Um, again, thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast last week that I had on with Mike Craig. If you have not, please go back and listen to it. I thought it was a very, very interesting interview. Uh, again, did I agree with everything that Mike said during our conversation? No, but I really, really respect him for coming on, for giving me uh, almost a full hour of an interview there uh, where we really got into everything. You know, I, I tried to ask him the questions that I thought you guys wanted to hear, and I, I hope that I did a good job. It seems like people were really happy with that as well. So, you know, I tried to ask the questions that I, I thought you guys wanted to hear the answers to. Um, Mike got into some of them. He, you know, didn't want to get into others, but that's that's totally okay. And I, I expected that. You know, the only real, the only real disagreement that we had, I guess, was the idea of, you know, how much does, does winning, uh, you know, help the attendance and, and how, how much does, how important is winning in terms of, of building a fan base? I think that's the only thing, you know, I think you can make a great game day experience, uh, but I think at the end of the day, people will come if, uh, if the team is winning. So, you know, Mike kind of, I wouldn't say he disagreed with that, you know, and I, I want to say this too, I understood where Mike was coming from when he did say, you know, when he talked about the improving the game day experience, you know, Mike Craig is not the coach of this team. He can't coach the team. He can help build the, the the team as much as he possibly can. But you know, at the end of the day, he's not the one that is you know coaching this team that's playing on the court. So he needs to do everything in his power to get fans to come to the arena, regardless if the team is winning or not. So I understood uh, that point of his of his uh, of his I don't want to say argument, but of, of, uh, of what he was saying during our interview. I just I just think that we disagree in terms of how much uh, fans winning would bring in, but. Uh, that's that's to each their own uh, with with that. But thank you everyone for listening to that episode, and thank you for uh, everyone for listening to this. You know, I'm gonna try to do more of these in the off season. Like I said, just kind of 15, 20 minute, uh, you know, little thoughts. You know, my, my ramblings on on this team. So thank you for checking it out. Got a lot, a bunch of big things coming this off season. So uh, we'll we'll keep an eye out on, on those. Hopefully, we have a couple more commits now next week as well, and uh, we'll see about that. But thank you all for listening again. Hope everyone enjoys their Easter, enjoys their Passover. For those of you who celebrate and hopefully i'll be back sometime in the next couple of weeks with another episode and uh as always let's go johnny's